Hello, welcome to another episode of Pod Save Africa. I'm your host, Akande Adirli, and I'm here today with two of my good friends. James Mokichako. And John Masakwai. Um, John Masakwai is calling in today from Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and we're going to be discussing a lot of interesting things, but primarily around the topic of moving back to the African continent. Um, John, why about you tell our guests a little bit about yourself? Hello, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast uh, today. Thank you, Ken, and thank you, James, uh, for being here and have giving me an opportunity. So as Ken said, my name is John Masakoy. I am a native of Liberia, West Africa. And I like to describe myself as uh, a man of different backgrounds and different cultures. So I'm, I'm presently uh, based out of Lagos, Nigeria, um, but also spent much of my good amount of my past, of, of my 25 years on this earth in the U.S., um, and now I'm based in, the, in Lagos. So it's been an interesting journey, and I'm looking forward to sharing some of my thoughts and yeah, so thank you for having me. All right, great. Um, so, like I said earlier, we're going to be focusing on the concept of moving back. Uh, Jong is kind of the, the, a great example of that. He works currently for a large company in Nigeria, and it's an international company, so that means it also has offices all over the place. Um, he lived in, like you said, he lived in America for, the, for, the, for a lot of his life. Um, he's also lived in Liberia as well and, you know, some other places. But, um, you know, last year, right, he, he moved back home, home meaning Africa, um, not necessarily Liberia itself, where he's from. But he moved to Nigeria to start working. Um, and, you know, my first question to you, John, would be, you know, what were, the, what were the circumstances that led to you moving back home? All right. So that's a, that's a good question. Uh, so... I'd like to say throughout uh, my entire uh, journey since really leaving Liberia back in 2004 right. and moving to the States, um, I've always felt that, you know, there's a saying, there's, a saying, there's nowhere like home. And right. I think over the almost 13 years in the States, I've always felt connected to home, to Africa, to the continent, right. um, having made multiple visits over the years. Um, but then throughout, I guess, uh, my undergraduate career or time at Illinois Tech, um, the concept of all the, Africa as a home um, really uh, became a huge part of my identity on campus. Hmm. And I've always asked the question, okay, so we talk about Africa, we see Africa in the media, and there's so much opportunity and so much room for things that us young people can do True. so in my own grand plan of my life I've always envisioned myself someday moving back to Africa but to be honest I never thought it would be this yeah. early or, <laughs> uh, in my <laughs> in my uh, young career or young life right. but when the opportunity came up um, I'm also the kind of person who likes to take on new adventures or new challenges okay um, so I definitely uh, Gave it a lot of thought, uh, but I thought it was a good opportunity working for a multinational, okay. um, having a chance to move back home and just starting to experience firsthand um, what would it be like to live on the continent again after 12 or 13 years 
Um, so I think it was maybe out of curiosity, but also um, being wanting to be back home, wanting to really experience firsthand and then trying to see how best um, maybe I can work with um, guys like yourself okay. to really bring some of the solutions to problems or opportunities we have on the continent. All right. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us, John. Um, now, I want to ask two questions. One, I'm going to direct at James. Another, to, I'm going to direct at John. Why? Because I want to parallel kind of the on a parallel the thoughts on what the reality might look like versus what the reality actually looks like. So James, my question to you would be, you know, when you move back to the African continent, whether it's Nairobi or another country on the continent, what's like the first thing you expect to be doing? The first thing I expect to be doing or the first thing I hope to be doing? Let's say hope. Hope. That's the first thing I hope to be doing is just building businesses, expanding businesses, especially uh, startups in Nairobi or in other parts of uh, Kenya and East Africa. That's, that would be my hope. Okay. And now, second part of that question, what circumstances would you think would take you back home? Would it be choice and curiosity like Jong? Um, or, you know, just you get tired of this place or some other form of circumstance? One is that if I don't get a job in the States, then I'll have to move back home. That's the most realistic uh, point. That's real. That's yeah. a very realistic one. The other one is if I feel like uh, I feel like it's time to move back home, okay. and I feel like my impact back home would be bigger than what I'm doing currently in, uh, in the states. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's another that's a big one. Uh, lastly, is if for example I work for a multinational company and they choose to ship me back to to the continent, or I choose to go there as part of my job. Okay, fair enough. Now, John, the parallel of that question, asking you who's actually done it, what exactly were what were the first set of things that you had to do or that you ended up just doing when you got back? All right. Um, well, so I guess the, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, I'm moving back to the consonants, I'm not moving back necessarily to home home, as right. in Liberia, um, but moving back to a country that I have a lot of great friends from, but have never been to, right? So, and I always like to say that, you know, West Africa is very, very similar, but it's also very different. That's what I always had that uh, impression in my head. Right. Um, so I guess with that being said, moving to a new country and making that huge transition um, I was really, really blessed to have uh, my kids' family actually to to host me to serve as my family, Shout as they always do now. Um, for the first three or four months, I think it was right. actually about four months. And the funny thing is, before I left the U.S., I was thinking, you know what? It would take me like about a month to find a new place. No big deal. <laughs> and <laughs> so, why not? Why not moving back? I just want to put that out there. It is not as easy as it sounds. Um, so I guess the first thing uh, when I moved back was, yeah, to find a place. Uh, so I guess it was the most ideal thing, trying to figure out where work was and trying to navigate traffic and to see what makes more sense. Yeah, because um, I'd imagine so there... I'd imagine, sorry to interrupt you there, but I'd imagine that there are not as many systems, support systems, as there would be in, like, the U.S. or in the U.K. 
where you can just get on the website and just, you know, in 15 minutes, put in an application for an apartment or, you know, figure out where everything is. That doesn't necessarily exist as well or, or as, you know, as advanced in Lagos. Yeah, so, I mean, surprisingly, there are a couple of websites hmm. um, that do exist because when I, before I relocated, um, I remember the company I now worked for, um, they actually sent me a bunch of websites I to kind of check out. Um, so there are websites out there, but at the same time, people always advise you to be, to be, to be careful, right? So you don't want to, you obviously want to look and verify is the location safe, um, mm. who are the agents, am I talking to the right person? So yep. there's a little bit of maybe uh, searching you have to do. Right. But thankfully, there are websites out there. You won't be left in the dark totally. Right. But so once again, these websites aren't as uh, enhanced or advanced as the <laughs> ones you'll find in the UK or in the US, for example. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so n next question. Let's, ask, let's talk about work. Um, assuming that most of us are going to be, in, you know, if when we move back home, we're in a circumstance where we might not necessarily start our own businesses. We might be working for uh, large companies back home that need talent. Um, you know, how do you say that experience is? Because you have kind of the unique experience of having worked for the company you currently work for as an intern, you know, over in the United States and then working for them again. Um, in, in, in Nigeria. So is there, you know, do you have some thoughts on the parallel of the difference in experiences, you know, the difference in the culture in both organizations, despite being the same company? Um, do you have any thoughts you can share with us? Yes. Yeah, so I'd like to say any company, that any multinational company, um, every single office in, in every single location is going to be, it's going to have its own taste and flair and flavor to it. So it's not going to be the same exact thing. Right. Um, and I've seen that, like you stated earlier, since I worked for a multinational and I've also been really privileged to also visit um, other offices. Um, okay. So for example, in South Africa, um, hmm. in uh, Accra, Ghana, um, and so forth. So each office is different. Obviously, physically, some of them are bigger than others. Right. Um, in terms of the maybe the businesses or the business units that are present, it will be different. Right. But I think also culture. Culture is different. So, for example, here in Lagos, every Friday we wear the traditional outfit to work. <laughs> right, right. And, and, that's, and that's allowed, right? Okay. Um, but by the same time, on Mondays through Thursday, they kind of expect you to be, I mean, not, a, not necessarily a suit and tie, but, you know, Tip at least, uh, for the, uh, yeah, at least you got to be top notch. Right. Um, and maybe that may be one thing that could be different, for, for example, in the U.S., when I did my internship. Okay. Um, people were the the attire or the outfits are pretty much. It was very relaxed. It mm. wasn't as as I see here. Um, so that would be the first thing. The second thing is that I think one of the things you have to keep in mind is that as you're moving, or if you decide to move back home to a multinational, um, mm. the level of supervision or um, the level of uh, management or your boss. So what kind of boss do you have? So I think generally, from what I've seen, uh, the bosses in the U.S., um, I think generally, are very, uh, especially if you're a young kid starting up your career, Right. Um, I feel like they're very hands-on and they're, they're more supportive, hmm. or they're, they're there physically, Okay. Um, as compared to maybe back home, 
Um, and if you happen to be in a situation where you're you're the you're the face of maybe what you're doing, um, which is my case, I'm the only guy um, who's uh, running and uh, covering the region for okay. a specific group um, for a specific brand in the software group. Right. So on one hand, is great because. You get to, it's almost like baptism by, by fire. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you're thrown in and you have to figure it out. So, and, so uh, you see. Sorry. So you have more responsibility, if that's what I'm understanding. You have, you have, you definitely have more responsibility and you'll definitely be lost sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, and as compared to maybe in the U.S., you may not have that, uh, you may not have the opportunity to have maybe a big responsibility in the beginning. You may right. probably get more training and more hand-holding in the beginning. Whereas here, you may just come and you have a lot of room to run around. I um, see. So I think those are just some of the differences that I, that I do see. But then again, it depends. You could still come and you may not be the frontline person. Because I do have some colleagues who are like that. Okay. Um, my case is just different. I so, see. I see. Um, now, would you say just you know because you've explained kind of the the difference, but would you generally say it's you know I can assume off of what you're saying that it's it's kind of harder, right? At least in your case specifically, um, than it would have been if you started for that same company in, in a, perhaps a similar role here. Uh, maybe because they have more people doing that same role, or you have you know more supportive management, but it would have been easier to do so here. Yes, yes. So I think I would like to say it would have been easier um, doing it in a place like uh, the U.S. Right. Uh, so, so not so much um, from the job perspective. So the job may be the same. Um, it's not necessarily hard, although you have a number of things you have to learn. Okay. And it, it could take time. But okay. I think just because of the advancement that you find places like the U.S. in terms of infrastructure or systems, um, a stable, relatively stable economy and things like that, hmm. right? Um, whereas back home, like if you have an economy that is not very stable, of course it's going to have an impact on your business. And hmm. if you're expected to make numbers, well, and the economy is not good, clients may not want to spend. Uh, so then it's right. going to be harder for you um, and things like that. So oh, makes sense. But I think generally, yes, in the U.S., uh, it would be a bit easier. Um, you probably have you're probably joining the team as I don't know one of the smaller guys, <laughs> the mm. smaller fish. Yeah, and you yeah. may not be the frontline person. Whereas here, um, you have to be that in that role if there's no one in that role where you're going into. Okay. Now, now speaking of engaging with clients, do you do a lot of? Do you do, you know, do you find there, I mean, I assume there are a lot of differences relative to the economies, how well Nigeria's economy is doing relative to America. It's probably easier to, to you know, pitch stuff to people here because um, there's more money to go around, I guess. Um, but, you know, on the side of adoption, for example, your work involves, like you said earlier, working with software. So I imagine that, you know, you're showing a lot of people new things or things they haven't necessarily used before. So how does that, you know, how, are there unique challenges, unique perhaps to the Nigerian continent, Nigerian country and the African continent you've experienced so far um, as far as, you know, trying to get people to adopt new ideas? Yes. So I think it's interesting because it really depends on 
So, for example, one of the sectors or industry I work with is banking and the financial industry. Okay. So now some of the banks are more what I call, they've been around for a long time, so they're more old school, right? Uh, whereas some of the banks are, they've been around for a long time, but not as long as the other ones. So it really all depends on the clients that you're engaging with. Okay. Um, for, for clients that have been around um, from the very beginning, maybe they're the oldest institution in that sector, right. um, they may tend to be very um, not as open-minded, mm -hmm. and they may have a lot of uh, hesitation in terms of adaptation to technology, to okay. things like cloud, to things huh. like cloud, right? Right, as right. compared to as compared to a client who's more maybe who have a younger uh, presence in the market. Right. But I think, but I think another thing too is that with, with technology and things like cloud, you need stable internet, stable. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so the, yeah. the fact that the fact that you don't have a stable twenty four seven, I don't know, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days in a year, internet service, you can also blame clients right, yeah, yeah. for not wanting to adapt something like cloud for example makes sense um, so it really all boils down to infrastructure once again mm. does the country or does the business does the continent have what it takes to really run those solutions right i see um so uh john i mean moving on uh switching gears uh what did you say would has been your best uh experience so far about moving out uh, what has been the best part of the of your experience so far yeah, so I would say the best part. Uh, I would say the best part is living living in a new in a new country. Um, I think I've I'm always a person who likes embracing a new place, embracing new cultures. Right. Um, so, for example, I now I definitely know more Yoruba than I knew <laughs> right. than, than I knew nine months ago or ten right. months ago. Right. Um, so, so definitely interacting interacting with, with the people who are here. Okay. Uh, and just really um, getting to understand how life works um, in Africa, in Lagos, in Accra, in Joburg, uh, wherever I find myself on the continent, really. I would mm. say it's just really the people I'm meeting and the interactions I'm having, not just with my clients, but right. the everyday people that you run across, you uh, run into, rather, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. See, patronizing um, the whole so. of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and, I, and I hope to make it to Nairobi very soon, by Definitely, the way, so. yeah. I heard you're going for a wedding. That's good. Congratulations. Uh, wait, are uh, you the one getting shout married? Out, shout out to Kenyan ladies here. <laughs> are the best ladies around? Oh, please don't, don't offend my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, John, I mean, on the flip side, what has been the worst part of the moving back experience? Man, so I think the, in the past... Eight, you said nine, men like a Nigerian. <laughs> in the past, in the past nine ten months, I think I've realized that I'm actually. I never, I never thought I would be saying this, but in many ways, I'm more American than I am African. Uh, uh -huh. So, so, uh -huh. it, so it's just, it's just a little thing sometimes. So, for example, right. you order, you order an Uber, right? Right. And. Uber, there's a map for a reason. The whole concept is you, ac <laughs> you accept <laughs> you accept an Uber request. Right. You don't follow the map. The map tells you where to come. Right. You, you would think you would think that that's pretty straightforward. But you know, a guy will 
a guy will pick pick up your request, right. and the map will tell you he's five minutes away, and he may take 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Or he may pick up the request, he may not look at the map at all, and oh, he'll call yeah. you to ask you where you are. Oh, right? my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. a guy! A guy picks up your request, and maybe he gets a flat. He gets a flat tire on the way, right. and he decides not to call you and tell you there's a flat tire until you call him. Oh, so wow. you know, <laughs> wow. it's just it's just little things. But I think also, I was really used to having a great public transportation back in the states. So right, right. in terms of wanting to hop on a train or on a bus, right? Um, you- it's you, you can go anywhere and. I want to say Lagos is a, is a city that you definitely need a car, your own car. Yeah. Um, so that is, I think maybe that is one thing I kind of feel handicapped about sometimes. And that's an area in which um, I definitely miss uh, maybe a place like the U.S. in terms okay. of just moving around and the ease of doing that. Okay. Uh, so, but I must say Uber drivers in Lagos are very, very interesting. <laughs> shout out to the Lagos Uber drivers. <laughs> shout out to come on, come on, catch me saying that they're leaving for you. So, so now, um, are there, like, you know, for example, you know, we had a friend or you you had a friend that was going to move back, you know, you know, was considering moving back. Let's say, you know, the person had an offer from a multinational car. So it's kind of similar to how you have had it sorted out. What are, you know, what are, what are certain pieces of advice you, you know, what are things a person should get ready? Should the person start saving some money? What are some tips you'd give that person prior to doing so? All right. So first and foremost, I must say, if you're someone who have adapted, adjusted to the U.S., uh, moving back is not for the weak hearted. Hmm. So just keep that in mind because... There will be, there are differences. So really, I would say really think about that move. Right. Okay? Really think about it and really, and really decide that's what you actually want to do. Okay. Um, but if you do, if you do decide you want to come, great. Um, so obviously, yes, save. It's right. always good to, it's always good to, to, to have savings. Okay. Um, obviously, whatever part of the continent you are moving to, if you have relatives or family, it's always a plus because okay. you're you're moving back. In most cases, if you're moving back to your own country, then you're moving back to a place that you're pretty much familiar with. Right. So I think the transition is easier and it's and it's smooth. Okay. And if and if you have parents or relatives, you can stay with them for some time, even if you don't wish to stay there forever. Um, but I think that would be the first thing. Okay. Um, the second thing is if you are thinking about getting a place, mm-hmm. uh, right? Um, I think one of the things I found myself doing is that uh, I try, I think I've tried to to find a place or live a life that is pretty much close to what I had in the U.S. Okay. And, <laughs> and that is very expensive. I would imagine. Very, very expensive. Hmm. Um, so what I would advise is if you're going to... If, and I think it's, it's, it's going to be natural for you to want to be comfortable. Fair Comfort, yeah. I think, is, is key. It's going, to be, it's, it's going to be natural. So I would advise you find a roommate um, okay. to, just, <laughs> to just make sure that that cost is not too heavy on you. Right. Um, that would be the other thing. Um, and somebody told me this when I was looking for a place. They told me that a car is more important than actually having a nice place <laughs> to live in Lagos. <laughs> <laughs> so, is is so, that true? 
So, well, I would say yes and no. I mean, it really depends on uh, what you want to do. Like, yeah, it, it, it really, it really <laughs> depends. Right. <laughs> but if you're someone who is very uh, adventurous, you want to, you know, drive around and see places. Like, you're gonna have events every weekend. Right. You want to get out, right? You are a social butterfly kind of person, and I would right. say yes. The car will obviously serve you well. Okay. Um, but if you are more, I don't know, of an introvert, you want to stay in um, the place, a nicer place will maybe serve you better. So it really depends on what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is another thing: if you can, if you can some way make this happen, I would say whatever job you're taking. Um, if you can have them pay you in a currency like euros or dollars, right? Just a currency that is, you know, stronger and recognized okay. around the world. And that right. would really serve you. That would really serve you well, right? Um, so I think those would be. And then have a. I was also have a know why you're moving back, hmm. um, and make sure that you remember that every day. Because every single day you're going to face challenges or frustrations that's going to want you to run back to the U.S. or to the U.K. or to wherever you were before. Right. Um, so I think when you face, when you hit those walls or you feel frustrated um, and you start thinking, why did I move here? You need, you need that those vision days. or the reasons right. why you decided to move to really remind you. Wow. So I would say have a really strong convicting reason why you're moving. Okay. And don't allow that reason to escape you. Make sure that you remind yourself every day uh, why you made the move. Wow. Because it will get it will get tough. It's not it's not an easy thing. Great, great. And uh, I guess talking about that on that same context, my, my final question to you before I let you go would be, you know, we all have these ideas of what our visions are, you know, specifically even knowing who you are. Personally, you know, we all have this grand, these grand visions of how we can bring value to the African continent and mm-hmm. African people. You know, how would you say your experience has been so far, especially with regards to chasing that mm-hmm. vision? You know, is it too early? Are you not able to do that because, you you know, you work full time? You know, is there a point at which you would know that, okay, it's, you know, now I should start bringing value in this certain way or doing this certain thing. For example, if I wanted to start a taxi company, you know, when would be the right time for me to start my taxi company, especially if I've moved back to work for, you know, Deloitte or something? Great question. Um, so, yeah, so I think if you're moving back to work for a multinational or for a company, right? Right. They're, they're, they're going to own most of your, your eight to nine or ten hours a day that you want to spend maybe working on that um, on that vision or plan. So right. I think it's harder. And like in my case now it's harder because I'm spending more time on my, my job because I'm not yeah. working for myself. I'm not chasing that vision. Yeah. Um, I mean you were working so on now college it's, it's and it's eleven PM over there. <laughs> yes. So so yeah. So you have to you have to pull that first. So in that sense, if that is your own situation, working for another company is gonna be hard. Obviously, if you move back to start something of your own, I believe it would be easier. But mm. even with that being said, I feel like if you move back to start something of your own and you've been away for a while, or maybe you're moving to a new country like right. I did, you still, I don't advise that you jump into it right away because you have to take some time to settle in, right? Mm. So yeah, it's a transition. You're moving to a new place. Right. So you first have to get yourself to a place where, okay, 
you're stable, you're comfortable, you can move around, you know your surrounding. Okay. To understand understand the, the the market. If you're gonna be doing business or starting something, understand the market, understand who your target audience will be, hmm. understand their buying power. Right. Um, and make some friends with the with the people uh, or the people in that community or in that city um, that can also connect you to other people. Okay. Because as we all know, in this world, mm-hmm. and I think this is something that is very true in, in Lagos and Africa too, it's not always um, about what you know, but it's about who you know. Relationship yep. is, really, is really, really key. Yeah. Um, so as you're pushing that grand plan of vision, also take some time to network, network um, and, meet, and meet people. Right. Um, so it, it so it really varies. Like I said, if you're working for a multinational, it may take longer. Mm-hmm. But if you come and start your own stuff, it may be a lot um, quicker. But once again, is it just all depends. But I say take time and really study the environment, right? Um, and have good connections. Great, great. Well, John, that was my final question. James, do you have any additional thoughts? No, no. All the best. Keep doing what you're doing, John. Uh, right. So thank you so much, John, for being on with us today. Um, this is Pod Save Africa. I'm your host, Akiyande Adirali. I'd like to thank our guests, John Masakai and James Makichako, for coming on to talk to me today. Have a wonderful day and see you on the next episode. Tipo